0: بودكاست لونشون فاير حلقة رقم 111 بودكاست لونشون فاير أول بودكاست متخصص ومهتم في عالم ريادة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة المتوسطة الشرق الأوسط يقدم لكم محدثكم خالد الزنكي وهدفنا في البودكاست مساعدة كل من يبيد خل عالم ريادة الأعمال والبزنس علشان ينجح في البدايه نشكر الشركات الراعية لبودكاست Launch on Fire، الراعي البلاتيني وزارة الدولة لشؤون الشباب الراعي الذهبي اسنان تاور ووان جلوبال ونشكر الجهات الإعلامية الراعية بعد سينسكيب مجلة خليج اسك والجمعية الدولية للإعلان فرعد كويت وموقع كويت بودكاست وبودكاست Launch من إنتاج الزنكي انتربيزز Okay, let's get started with today's episode, in Launch on Fire podcast, and I have a new guest with me today from United States, and he's a friend and a mentor of mine, Thomas McCarthy. Welcome, Tom.
1: Yeah, hey Khalid, good to see you. It's always great to be with you. Yeah, Yeah.
0: awesome, awesome, Uh, great. Uh, Tom McCarthy, he is the founder and the president of Thomas McCarthy & Associates in the United States. Uh, He's an expert in leadership and uh, peak performance, been in the business for a long time ago, and Tom he is one of my best mentors and coaches. That I remember when I started my business back in 2004 and 2005, he was the person always around and support in order to take my business to the next level.
1: So we are so excited, Tom, to to have you today with us in the podcast. Yeah, well, I remember meeting you back then, and you are a young man with a lot of potential, and you're amazing. I mean, you just take so much action, and I think that's uh, you know big key to your success is a lot of people want to do things and they've got you know big ideas but they don't take the action and if there's one thing i've seen that is incredibly impressive with you is you don't just have a big idea you take action on it so that really is a sign of being a winner college i'm
0: doing my best as much as possible uh, and having job. support team and having you tom as a coach as a mentor I actually contributed a lot tom i usually give my guest an opportunity to introduce themselves to my audience so please take it away and introduce yourself to our listeners
1: yeah well thanks so i'm someone who has a passion for helping other people become more successful and so i've spent a good part of my life i'm 55 years old now and ever since my early 20s i've been in that business starting with a guy tony robbins and then moving and starting my own company after that really focusing in three areas one is leadership I became a leader at a young age. I didn't know what to do. I struggled. And I said, I got to learn this. And so I've made it part of my life's work to learn how to become a better leader myself so I can grow my companies. And I've got companies beyond training, too. I've had companies in uh, the restaurant industry. I've had companies in the insurance and then also a software company. So I've had lots of companies where I've been able to apply that. But I also wanted to learn how to become a better leader so I could help other people not have to struggle so much the way I did. Mm-hmm. Second thing that uh, I focus in on in terms of training is really around communication. And so I've written a couple of books on how to become a better communicator. I think the way you communicate determines so much in your life and, and so many people don't know how they haven't been taught how to do it well. And so we've written a couple of books on that and we do trainings all over the world on that. And then the third area is really around peak performance. And so I've worked with athletes about four athletes that have won olympic gold medals i've been able to coach on performance not in their sport but on the mental performance and Mm -hmm. then we coach business people on how to break through limitations and achieve what they're truly capable of
0: and awesome on top of all that you are an entrepreneur running a couple of businesses as well
1: yeah so i have my company and then uh we have a restaurant that right now we started a, a few years ago. A restaurant chain, actually, it's about six restaurants and growing. We'll open two more in the next few months. Uh, I've had an insurance agency, so definitely I love having my own business. You know, but it's funny because I didn't set out thinking I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was in a, I was in a big company at first, a big mm-hmm. financial services company, Wall Street company, and did well there. And then I left that and I joined Tony Robbins' company, and I. I thought probably I'd be at that company my whole life. I mean, I really was having a great time, but then I got a little frustrated. And, and you know, I said, you know, I, if I had a company, I'd do things a little bit different. And I decided to leave that company. It was a phenomenal experience, but I left that company mm-hmm. and I started my own business. And, and it was uh, phenomenal. I mean, it wasn't great right away, I mean, I, I had to build it up and learn and struggle. But the freedom and the ability to make decisions and make mistakes, right? And learn from your mistakes. I just, it was so invigorating and I can't imagine not being an entrepreneur now.
0: So if you go back in time and you would actually evaluate your decision of starting your own business, would you do it again?
1: Absolutely. Looking back on it now. Now, you know, back in that time, it was, it was a struggle, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't remember all the nights you were up worrying and, trying to figure out how to make uh, the, the, the you know, cash flow work and all of that. But looking back now, it was the best decision I've made in my career because it's gotten me the opportunity to really do what I want to do, my life's work, and meet people like you all over the world.
0: So Tom, let's talk about leadership role right now for small businesses. And you know, small businesses or even startups, you need or you must have leadership skills in order to take your business to the next level. So let's talk about the role of or the importance of leadership for small business and startups. So give us an overview, Tom.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you can be a startup of one person, you still need to be a great leader because A, you're gonna lead yourself. But also if you're a business of one person, you're you're typically gonna have consultants or part-time people or or other people that you have helping in the business. And you have to be a great leader. You've got to, even if you're starting off as one person, you've got to decide. Where are you going to go? And what kind of culture do you want to build? And and I can remember being a one-person business and sitting and asking, all right, well, what is my mission? Right. You know, something you think only big companies have as a mission. But I said, no, no, no. I need I need a mission to start for me to get focused on. And I need some values that will help me really understand what's important in this business. And then, you know, I have employees and team members and consultants and all those. I've grown into that, but back when I was just an individual person, I said, I need to be a great leader. Now, fortunately I had leadership skills from being in a corporation where I had to lead and I had a big leadership role, but as an entrepreneur, a lot of people start their business and it's just them doing what they do. And Mm -hmm. so they don't really understand that they have to become a leader. And so they end up working in the business versus what an entrepreneur or what a leader does is they work in the business to start, but they're also working on the business, and that's leadership.
0: Based on your interaction and mentoring maybe entrepreneurs or small business owners in the past, what failures that you have discovered they're doing in leadership, and what lessons that you have learned or discovered during the process of coaching them?
1: Well, there's all sorts of reasons why entrepreneurs fail. I mean, if I go through kind of what we teach in Leading Winning Teams, a course that I put together, uh, that we've been filming out here in uh, Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the things, like we say, surround yourself with winners. That's one of our modules. And, and so a lot of time, op- entrepreneurs, they don't have the right people on their team. They hire people very quickly. They don't have a methodology. That person can't get the job done. Or maybe that person can get the job done, but they're just not the right people for your culture. So they're not fun working with, and you don't have that energy that you want to have. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they don't have a great strategy. They, they haven't really taken the time to think through. And so they make mistakes. They overspend. They waste money. There's just all sorts of things that could go wrong. I mean, when you start a business, there's a million things that can go wrong. And there's a few things you really have to get right. You know, we have uh, seven different modules and leading winning teams. And mm-hmm. we say, first, you got to nail the culture. You got to figure out what your culture is and where you want to go and what's the strategy. Second thing, surround yourself with really great people, people that will allow you to win. And, and the great thing about being an entre- entrepreneur is you don't have to keep anybody on your team, right? It's your business. You get to make the call. And so make great decisions. And if you make a bad decision, change it. Don't let it go too far down the road where it's going to drag your business into the gutter, or into the toilet. Uh, you know, Another thing you got to do is you got to mold people into a team. So. Mm-hmm. Just because you hire great people doesn't mean they're all going to naturally know how to work together. So, you know, I think that's very important to do. And most people don't know how to do that, you know, and then then you got to make the team more effective. Mm -hmm. You got to coach. You have to be a great coach. Back when you were an individual contributor before you had your own business, you didn't have to coach anybody. It was just you and you were great at what you do. But now you've got other people and you've got to coach them up. You've got to innovate in your business. You don't want to get passed up like, you know, many companies that we all knew this was the best company and now all of a sudden they're irrelevant. You don't want to, you don't want to have that happen. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of different things you've got to do. Um, When I say a lot, I don't, I don't want it to sound overwhelming Mm -hmm. because the reality is there's a few things that if you execute on, you can be very successful with, but you got to know what those are.
0: What's about your stories, uh, Tom, or your failures? Can you share with us one of the stories?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had lots of failures. I've had ideas that I went out there and thought would, you know, be the best thing in the world. And, you know, I found out, okay, maybe I was a little bit wrong there. Um, I had a company uh, at one point in time, one of my companies, we were going to do large seminars because that's kind of where I came from with Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And we had this concept where we had uh, myself, but we had other speakers and we were doing these big events and and I ended up uh, closing that company down and really focusing more on working with corporations and doing corporate training. So that was, I guess, one of my failures. Although I will say that business, uh, even though I did shut it down, it was something that really launched what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So we had big companies that we had as clients coming into these big ballroom type seminars. And and it wasn't me doing the seminar, it was other speakers Uh, Sometimes we were paying them, you know, a lot of money and we weren't making a ton of money, Mm -hmm. but those clients coming in and seeing me speak even today are some of the clients that I have still today, big companies.
0: Awesome. What lesson you learned from this experience or this story?
1: I think for me, one of the lessons was to run a business lean, you know, not waste money. We had Thirty employees at the time, you know, which I'm not saying thirty employees is a lot of employees, but for what we were doing, that's probably too many, right? Mm-hmm. We had we had too many people doing different things that didn't necessarily need to be done, or that we could have potentially outsourced or brought on a partner to do. Uh, we just were spending a little bit too much money, and this was the, you know back in the days when everyone's spending a lot of money, and and I think now you know one of my focuses is not on doing things cheaply. You want to do it right, but there's plenty of ways to do it where you're lean because bottom line, you got to make a profit, right? Mm-hmm. You're, in, you're in business to serve people, but you can only serve them if you continue to make a profit. And, and uh, I think I've gotten a lot better at that.
0: Awesome. Tom, let's talk about one of the aha moment that you have had in your journey as an entrepreneur. Can you share with us that moment?
1: Well, you know, when I go way back to when I first started, I just, I had no idea what it meant to have your own business. I, I thought I can still remember, you know, thinking, all right, I'm going to start this business. It's going to be incredibly successful, uh, right from the get go. Everyone's going to want Tom McCarthy in there working with them and their team. And I can still remember, you know, in the very beginning, it's like, all right, why is the phone not ringing? Why are people just not, and I, you know, the thing, I guess my aha moment is you got to go out and get the business right? There's plenty of people, especially in the training industry, what I do, you know, people go, oh, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a trainer. I want to be a consultant. You know, that's a dime a dozen, right? You, you, Bottom line, you have to have great information, but a lot of people can probably have that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to go out and you got to get the business. And so I guess the aha moment and and the great thing for me was that I was a salesperson, right? I mean, that's kind of how I, started, I was uh, in the financial industry as an investment advisor, but I had to go get my own clients. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that the hard way. And, and then when I had my own business, I think one of the reasons I've been more successful than potentially other people that are in the same business I'm in is, is I'm really good at going out and getting clients. I, I love building relationships. I love helping people. My clients have become my friends. Like, you initially were a client of mine mm-hmm. and now we're great friends. And And that's that's another thing I really love about being an entrepreneur. You really get to become friends with great people that might've started off as your client, but they become someone you really appreciate having in your life.
0: Awesome. What's the leadership moment that you're brought of?
1: I, I, you know, for me, leadership moment is really about not me, but other people. And so when I see people on my team become successful, like it used to be when I would go out and do training, someone would say, oh, we only want Tom. And and I wanted, obviously, to have other people that could do the trainings that I do. And so training them up and getting them ready to go out and do it. And then they go out and do it. And the client says, you know, they were amazing. You know, they were phenomenal. That makes me proud. I can remember, you know, back when you and I started doing things and I was coaching you on you're speaking and then getting to watch you stand up and speak one time. And I was like, wow, he is really good, you know, and, and seeing the progress. And to me, that was a great leadership moment because it was someone else, not me being Mm -hmm. successful. And I think that's what leadership really is all about. It's not about you. It's about uh, the people that you hopefully help make better and take to the, a better version of who they can be.
0: If I'm going to ask you right now, how would you define leadership?
1: You know, I think it's, having a clear vision of where you want to take something and then inspiring people, gathering the right people, inspiring them and coaching them so that they get to that vision. Mm-hmm. And, and that vision typically is a place that they never would have thought of on their own or might not have thought that they could have gotten to, but because of your leadership, uh, they get there and, and then they, they all become better because of it.
0: I want to ask a classic question right now. Is leadership it's a skill or you are born with or something that you acquire over time?
1: you know I think some people might be born a little bit more outgoing or charismatic, and some people might think well, that's what leadership is that's part of it, uh, but it's much, much more than that and And I think leadership is something that can be learned i don 't think uh, i don't think I was a great leader you know or born i don't think I was a born leader when I was growing up you know I was had a lot of fears, I was shy. My dad passed away when I was young, so you know things weren't always going my way when I was when I was young, and uh, and I had to step up, and I didn't know exactly how to. I was the oldest child. My mother never remarried, Uh, so I don't think I was born a leader. I think I got put into some situations where I felt the responsibility, like I had to lead for my family. Maybe that started it, and and then uh, you know I think what happened was there was a lot of situations where my back was just against the wall and i had no other option i had to figure out how to lead and and i stepped up and and got my knees scraped up a little bit made some mistakes but but got into it and and so that made me understand that if someone wants to be a leader you they can become a leader but they have to really want it because it's not easy it's not like you know okay i'm going to spend a couple minutes on it and now i'm a, i'm a great leader no you really have to dedicate yourself and i think to be a great leader you got to love people you really have to love people because If you're a selfish person and you're just about you, uh, it's gonna be very hard for you ever to be a great leader. Mm -hmm. So
0: you talked about learning, learning the skill of becoming a successful leader. Uh, We are referring to education and training. So let's talk about the role of education and knowledge acquisition in order to become a very successful leader. What's your opinion on that, or what's your takeaway on that?
1: Well, you know, every single person that I know who's a great leader learn things from other people, courses, reading books, because they evolved into who they became. It wasn't like they were always, you know, having all the skill sets and the, you know, abilities. It's something you grow into. And the other thing I would say is that even though I consider myself uh, a a very good leader, I want to get better. I want to be a better leader tomorrow than I am today. There's no such thing as a finished product. With a company, there's no such thing as a finished product. You should always be trying to make whatever product you have even better. Like if it ain't broke, break it. Like it's not even broke, but break it like mess with success. And I think you have to do that with yourself too. There's two types of uh, mindsets. What do you mean by mess with success? It means even when you're successful, you know, a lot of people they're successful and they just, they're leaning back and just enjoying it and thinking that wave will last forever that wave is going to come crashing down and you're going to need another wave. Mm-hmm. But the only way that you can get that is by tinkering and improving and trying new things and innovating and evolving. And, but you have to do that individually too. And so there's two types of mindset. There's the fixed people who say, you know, all right, I've got these skills. This is what I have. This is me. And there's a lot of people like that. And unfortunately, that really limits you. I mean, and, you know, even in today's economy, people are saying, you know, save my job. You know, don't outsource my job or don't have a robot or computer do my job. Well, that's not the right way to think about it because you know what? There is going to be a computer maybe doing your job one day. But if you keep learning, you'll always be able to move into a new role, you know, find a new way to add value. And that's a learning mindset. And those are the people that end up, you know, ruling the world, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not fixed. They're always, the world changes, they change, right? And they probably change ahead of the world. So they're actually reaping the benefits when the world changes. So you have to break it. Yeah, you got to break it. You got to mess with success. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So what would be your number one advice for people or entrepreneurs or small business owners to take their business to the next level?
1: Well, you know, we've been leading winning teams. We've got six modules. I think every single one of them is really important, but you know, it, it starts with building a culture. Uh, you don't have a culture. You really don't, you really don't have anything, right? Your culture is kind of like what people identify with. It's even your customers, your customers need to know what your culture is. They've got to have something that they really like about you other than just the product, but mm-hmm. the culture will even drive the kind of product you have. We've got to a company, a chain of restaurants that, you know, is all around healthy eating and great tasting food. And that's all fine, right? We have great food, but we create a culture where we attract people who really want to help people become healthier. Mm -hmm. And so the people that are making our smoothies and our salads and serving the guests, they're all about health. They're all about happiness. They're, They're vibrant. They smile. They love people. But it's because we built that culture. And then we found the right people that fit the culture. Mm-hmm. We didn't hire, we didn't just hire anybody and then hope that they could fit in. We literally looked for people that would fit our culture.
0: Yeah. Although nutrition or healthy food business or industry is so competitive, Tom.
1: Yeah. Especially where I live in California. Uh, but we figured out how to change the game. And, and so we, you know, there were ju- uh, places where you go get juices and things like that. But a lot of the juices were just sugary juices, they weren't very healthy. You'd have this big sugar high and then come crashing down. And we said, we're going to do it different. We're we're not going to sacrifice taste. We're going to make things taste good, but we're going to fill them with superfoods that literally help you live a longer life, right? And help mm-hmm. you be healthier and not get all these colds and and we decided to change the game. We created a concept called Beaming, right? Where the whole mm-hmm. idea was it wasn't something juice bar it was beaming Superfoods cafe where we want you beaming. Imagine this big smile on your face and this great energy. And we created a business where literally people come in and they are beaming. Mm-hmm. and and we our first little uh, cafe restaurant that we started, you know just a few years ago, it we took over a, a juice bar that had been there been in there for, there had been like two or three different juice bars that were in this little 900 square foot location. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is in meters, but it's a small, I think a really small uh, little location, very, very small. And uh, the other business that that had been in there had been doing maybe $250,000 a year. We created a business that in our very first year we did out of a little tiny location, $2 million. Uh, in our second year, we did three million dollars, which is unheard of. It's like record breaking for the industry for a small location. Now, if we had mm-hmm. a big location, maybe three million dollars is is not Nothing. that huge. Mm-hmm. But but for a restaurant, a little location, think like a small little coffee shop, and then even smaller than that, and we're doing three million dollars, highly profitable. Uh, it was amazing, but we changed the game. People flocked to a location that they never came to before, even though there were some juices and semi-healthy things there before.
0: True. So we talked about competition in the market. So what's your advice or takeaway in overcoming competition in the marketplace?
1: I think you, you, can't, uh, you can't be playing the same game your competition plays. Like we say with Beaming Superfoods Cafe, I mean, I'm always telling people, look, we're not in the restaurant business. That's not even the business we're in. Do we have food? Yeah, right? But we're not in the restaurant business. If we think that we're a restaurant, there's a million other restaurants. We're in the transformation business. So even, even though that's a restaurant, I believe it's a transformational company. We're in the business of changing people's lives. We're in the business of changing the people that work with us, their lives. We want to improve their life. All mm-hmm. our team members, we love these people, right? So we want to make their experience of being part of our team incredible where they love coming in and, and they get to have some of the healthy food and, and really take their lives to the next level. We want to develop them and grow them. And then we're in the business of transforming our guests lives. We don't call them customers. These are our guests that come into our cafe. Some of them come in four or five times a week because they love being with us so much. And so we decided we're not even in the restaurant business, even though we're classified as a restaurant, we're in the transformation business. What an amazing how
0: you apply the leadership experience that you had in the past with different industries and really applying it into the food and, yep. and, and, beverages business. So some of the business entrepreneurs and business experts as well. They always refer of taking your experience from other industries and really applying it into your industry. What's your thought about that?
1: Well, you know, I've done it from, with a lot of different companies. So a lot of our clients are in technology and mm-hmm big companies you know the Cisco systems Microsoft people like that and so we coach a lot of top leaders we get to see what they do but then we also have a lot of clients in the financial industry so Wells Fargo bank uh, MetLife huge insurance company American General mm-hmm. and so we're always uh taking best practices from one sharing them with another taking best practices from what we do uh you know I've owned insurance agencies and a lot of the same things that we do in the restaurants that I own, right? We Mm -hmm. did with the insurance companies. So we created, actually I was asked to coach a guy who had a large insurance agency uh, with several thousand agents and they were struggling. And uh, I came in and I started coaching him and he tripled the size of his business. And then he ended up giving me a stake in his company, a 10% stake. But what we did was we said, look, we're not in the insurance business, right? We created a different way of looking at what we do. We we literally made that a transformational type company where we went out and found the very best people and gave them incredible opportunities to become not just insurance agents, but people that were going to grow their lives to the next level. And make a lot of money doing it by adding value to customers. And so we mm-hmm. redefined what we did. I think in anything, I, what, the big advice I do give people in my last book was called win the presentation game. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say to win the game, you have to change the game. If you're playing the game, the way everyone else plays it, you might not lose, but you're going to be average. You've mm-hmm. got to change the game, not cheat the game, not, you know, play by rules that are unfair or unlawful. But you literally have to change the way the game is played. And so that means you have to be creative and you have to rethink how you're going to come to the marketplace. Well, this is a key element to success, I believe, especially
0: nowadays with very competitive markets. So we a lot of people trying to figure out the game in each industry. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, what's the best advice you ever received since you started your business till today?
1: Uh, you know, probably around... Changing the game, and I don't know if I received it from an individual. I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I was a lot of it was watching sports, and I would watch athletes, and and they were just playing a different game than everyone else. There was a guy, and part of it, you know, came too because I was uh, coaching my children, just getting them to. They they were both athletes. My daughter was uh, an amazing soccer player. Played for some of the. U.S. national, women's national teams, played for UCLA, uh, won a national championship there, was an All-American in high school. My son is a basketball player. Uh, He's playing for Harvard now. So basketball got him into Harvard University and he was a starting point guard last year. And so in watching sports, I would watch somebody like there was a guy, a basketball player that in the NBA, National Basketball Association, his name was Steve Nash. And he wasn't a very big guy. And you think basketball is like these big tall players and he was maybe 6-2, but he won 2 MVPs. And he wasn't like super fast, didn't jump super high, but he played the game differently. He he played a game, he played he was playing a game that no one else knew what he was doing. And so it allowed him to win and be this amazing player that was this all-star and most valuable player and and I just Thought you know when you really look at anything or anyone that does something great, they're playing the game differently. They're and, and what what do most people do? They look at everyone else the way they're playing and they go, all right, I guess that's what I got to do. And the great people they get they look at everyone else and they say, all right, that's what everyone's <laughs> doing. That's not what I'm going to do. Right? I'm going to figure out a little intricacy where I have an advantage over what everyone else is doing. Well, I can relate to this as my personal story. A lot
0: of people, they are trying to figure out what Khalid does in the Kuwait market and what's going on, what's happening, why he's doing things a little bit differently than anyone else. So I can relate to these kind of stories where playing differently in the market would actually put people in doubt. So that's, that's a challenge that most of the entrepreneurs, they face because I believe playing the game differently requires a lot of energy, efforts, and learning in order mm-hmm. to learn how to change the game.
1: It's also, but it's more fun too. Right. I think that that's the fun of being an entrepreneur is you get to, you get to play the way you want. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to be careful, right? You don't, you don't want to, you want to get some feedback from people. You don't want to come up with some crazy idea and you think you're changing the game and no one really wants what you're going to do. So I think it's also good to have mentors, advisors, coaches, uh, you know, I read tons of books. I talk to lots of people. I ask lots of questions. I love learning about people. So I learn a lot, not even necessarily by asking, hey, what do you think I should do here? I mean, mm-hmm. I'll do that sometimes. But I learn a lot just by getting to know people. You know, when I'm riding on an airplane and the person next to me, I uh, engage them in a conversation. I'm much more interested in having them talk than me be the one talking about me I want to learn about them what decisions have they made what challenges awesome. have they overcome that's how I've learned a lot of uh, a lot about people and a lot about what I teach so if you
0: would recommend one book for who's listening to the podcast right now what would it be
1: it would be a book by Tom McCarthy called Win the Presentation. Nice. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> one of the best books ever, Yeah. No, I mean, it's a book that I wrote uh, that I think is very readable. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote it because Jack Canfield told me, or he asked me one day, he wrote Chicken Soup for the Soy. He said, how much of the average book that you read do you actually find usable? And I said, I don't know, maybe 50%. And he said, you know, I think the number is only about 25%. And he said, "I think that's the only part that should be written." So the way we wrote when the presentation game was, we literally just took like the nuggets and made them like little one-page, two-page chapters. So there's not a lot of extra stuff that we put in there just to make the book longer. The book is maybe, yeah, the book is maybe 110 pages, but everything is usable. And and I, I think uh, I don't I don't have like a number one book. There's so many great books out there, but. Um, there's a book that is like that. That um, I don't even know if you can find this book, but I found it fascinating. It's called The Little Book of Talent, and every mm-hmm. chapter was only a couple pages, and it was written by a guy who wrote The Talent Code, and that was interesting just because it's it's how do you develop talent, and mm-hmm. and it's not it's not that uh, people that end up being incredibly successful are always the most talented. Sometimes the most talented people don't end up being the superstars. So talent has to be developed. And and so there's some really great little tips that you can use for developing talent on your team. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can use for uh, help in developing talent in your children. It's a book that I've applied some of the the strategies to my children. Uh, We use some of the strategies from there. We were using them before, and then we just found out, hey, he identified these. But we use them in our training, and our presentation training classes that we do. In our leadership coaching, so that's a good little book to to check out. Awesome, awesome,
0: great. Tom, can you share with us one of your personal habits that contributed to your success?
1: I, I think probably the biggest habit that contributed to my success was I am constantly adjusting the way I think and feel. And so, back in the you know in my teens and growing up, I just thought, hey, if you woke up and your day wasn't going well. Well, you're just you're in trouble, right? You're going to have a tough day. And and then I found out, you know, that doesn't have to be the way it is. You can literally change how you feel. You could have something not go right and and be, you know, devastated by it, but you don't have to stay devastated. And so when you understand that one of the greatest gifts you've been given as a human being is you get to choose not what happens to you. That stuff might still just happen to you, but you get to choose what it means, the way you think about it. You get to choose the way that it feels or the the way that you make yourself feel after that happens. And to me, that's been the biggest thing because I've had disappointment. I've had challenge. I've had frustration. I've had things not go right. I mean, you're going to have that too. If you're an entrepreneur and you think it's all going to go great, you're in for a surprise. It's just not the way the world works. But you know what? It doesn't work that way for a reason. Mm -hmm. You need those frustrations. The best ideas that I've come up with a lot of times have been because I've gotten frustrated and, and I've run into obstacles, and that's led me to come up with something better. Now, are they fun when you're in them? <laughs> well, I do Yeah. They're not normally or naturally fun, but you can make it fun. And that's the other thing is you can, like a minute or two in, you can notice, hey, I'm frustrated. All right, I'm going to change how I feel. I'm going to look at this as an opportunity And I've been blessed with this opportunity and now I'm going to do something with it. So I'm going to get fired up and, and, and have a new attitude. And then when Mm -hmm. you do that, and that's important to do that, by the way, when you do that, now your brain starts to click on and ideas start to be generated.
0: I need some tips from you, how to change how you feel.
1: Well, first, what I do is I decide how I want to feel. So it's not just some random or I'm going to change how I feel. I literally have thoughts and emotions that I target like, If I'm going to go in and do a presentation or a training, I literally have almost a recipe that I use to get myself feeling great. And so, you know, I'll have thoughts like, you know, I loved being with this group. I literally will start thinking that way the day before. I love being with this group. Now, I don't even know who this group is, right? Maybe they're total strangers. And then another thing I'll say is is they're like my friends and family. So I get myself, and it's just a mind game. It's totally a fantasy. I won't even know these people when I show up there, but I'll feel like they're friends and family. Now, why do I do that? Because I know if I feel like they're friends and family, right, then, you know, I'll respond to them even better. I remember when I first came to see you, I, I remember uh, – somebody asked me, cause it was one of my first trips to the middle East. I think I'd been to Dubai a couple of times, mm-hmm. but you took me to a lunch and, and someone there said, uh, they asked me, what, what do you, uh, what do you think of us here in Kuwait? And I said, I think you're amazing human beings. And that's what I was expecting, right? You know, you, you're wonderful human beings. We might be from a different country, but to me, that doesn't mean anything. You're another human being just like me. And I am so excited to see you now. That's, a way of thinking about it. Right. But that's Mm -hmm. just the way I program myself to think. So everywhere I go, I've got friends and P and great people that I get to meet. So I think part of it is, is having a mindset where you're going to decide how you feel. Uh, Another way, emotionally, I I decide every time I get into uh, something like we're going to do like a little Mm -hmm. interview, or uh, I have a training program, or I'm coaching somebody, maybe that I don't know, I just decide I'm going to, I'm going to love being with this person. I'm going to feel a connection to them. And because I feel that way, right? And I'm going to have some energy because Mm -hmm. I decide to feel that way. Maybe I only had one hour sleep, but I still change how I feel. I'm usually able to perform at a higher level.
0: Awesome. Tom, one piece of guidance, how who's listening to us right now can reach you or connect with you?
1: Well, one way they can reach me is through you because you're a great friend of mine. And we do a lot of things over here. And so, you know, through college. And then uh, another way is email Mm -hmm. Tom, T-O-M, at TomMcCarthy.com, T-O-M-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y.com. And then my website is TomMcCarthy.com. And then we have another website if you're in, interested in uh, communication and be, being more charismatic and being able to give a presentation that moves people to action, and that is FireUpTraining.com. So mm-hmm. Fire, F-I-R-E, and then Up, U-P, Training. Dot com. Awesome. Thank you so
0: much, Tom, for sharing all the information, the valuable information that we have today and really appreciate
1: it. Yeah. It's always a pleasure being with you. Love you, love your family. It's so wonderful being over here in Kuwait with you.
0: Thank you so much. And looking forward to have you again in Kuwait soon, inshallah. That'd be great. Awesome. So this is the end of our episode today. Thank you so much for listening to Podcast Launch on Fire. Hope to see you in the next episode. بودكاست لون شون فاير أول بودكاست عربي متخصص ومهتم في عالم ريادة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة في العالم إيكم من الكويت اللي هي تعتبر قلب عاصمة ريادة الأعمال في الخليج والشرق الأوسط بودكاست لون شون فاير موجود في الآيتونز تقدرون تتابعون حلقاتنا وتساون سبسكرايب من خلال برنامج البودكاست الموجود في الأب ستور لجهزة أبل او اللي موجود في الويندوز ستور بالاضافة الى برنامج ستيتشر الموجود في كل الاجهزة او عن طريق موقعنا الالكتروني او موقع البودكاست launchonfire.com وهم بامكانكم اتابعون حساباتنا في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي launchonfire وإذا عندكم أحد مهتم في ريادة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة دزولة لينك الموقع أو سولة منشن في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي على أن نلقاكم إن شاء الله في الحلقة الياية